Welcome back to Ravens Recap, where we have our post bye week game against the Minnesota Vikings, an NFC foe that we don't frequently see. They'll be coming to M&T Bank Stadium. And to talk about them today, we actually have Allison, someone local to Baltimore, but a Vikings fan. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So yeah, actually, how did you get into the Vikings? <laughs> so I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up right outside of Chicago. And my whole extended family was from Minnesota. So my brother is 12 years older than me. And I think by age like seven, he had bought me a Randy Moss jersey and was like, we cheer for the purple guys on TV. We cheer for the purple guys. Um, And now I'm here many decades (laughs) later. Um, But yeah, I'd never thought I'd end up living in Baltimore. I say Baltimore is my other purple team. I would root for Baltimore against any other team except the Ravens or except the Vikings. (laughs) But I'm excited for this week. That's awesome. And you said you're going to the game? Yeah, we're going. My brother, famous already, is coming into town um, <laughs> with his wife and we're we're going. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Definitely enjoy. Yeah, so I guess just to get right into it, you know, the Vikings had a disappointing loss last night, or recording on Monday, um, to the Cowboys in a game where they just like didn't really ever see if we can get going. And that's kind of been the story of their season so far, hasn't it? Yeah, the season has been... I feel like a lot of close losses, but definitely at the fault of the Vikings, right? Like missed kicks or just bad play calls. Um, You know, the first play of the game yesterday was great. We scored the touchdown and then it just sort of all seemed to crumble from there. Yeah. I mean, looking back at the the schedule so far for you guys, uh, yeah, it's that tough loss overtime in week one against Cincinnati, Arizona. I think that was a missed field goal, if I'm remembering correctly, like you said. Yep. <laughs> um, and then only lost by a touchdown to Cleveland. Very close wins against Detroit and Carolina. Um, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, it's pretty similar to what the Ravens are seeing so far to start this season. A lot of close games uh, that could have gone either way. Uh, just the balls bounced uh, the Ravens' way a couple more times than the Vikings. So, I mean, you know, this, this is a game where both these teams uh, – it could be more evenly matched than their records show. And it could uh, be another, you know, exciting shootout between the Ravens and the Vikings. We've had a couple of those in the past. Uh, everyone remembers the snow game, obviously in 2013. And then I think 2009, that was a high scoring affair in Minnesota where the beginning of the end for Stephen Hauschka's career in uh, Baltimore. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for this game on Sunday. More excited than I was uh, when I saw it on the schedule coming into the season. But this is an interesting spot for both teams. Obviously, the Ravens coming off a big letdown divisional loss, coming off the bye week, and then the Vikings with that tough loss uh, on primetime. So both teams are looking to get back on the right foot, and usually that can that can lead to some exciting gameplay. I do think when we're looking at the Vikings and also just looking at some of the the issues the Ravens have had on defense, especially on the defensive line and, and, and linebacking core. When it comes to Minnesota the past couple of years, uh, the center of that offense has just been Dalvin Cook. I mean, he had some injuries to start his career that kind of postponed that till 2019, and it's had that huge breakout year, but still has just struggled with minor injuries uh, through each of the past three seasons, it feels. But when he's on, I mean, he's one of the toughest running backs in the league to stop. From your perspective, Allison, how has Cook looked this year as far as, like, does he look 100%? And I, I know he's uh, got a nagging injury, but 
Where does Cook look health-wise right now coming into this game? Yeah, it's been hard because he had a couple explosive weeks at the beginning of the season and then obviously was out. And Madison, who I think is like, you know, a great second stringer for him, uh, was in. But Cook's been back the past couple weeks, and I don't think they were using him as much as they might have had he not sustained the injury, at least based on the play calls from uh, last night. But I know they like to try to rely on their run game a lot, whether or not it's working. Um, but I'm not sure sort of how Cook's going to look in the coming weeks, because I know that last night was not you know, necessarily top of his game or he wasn't being targeted as much much for play calls as we would expect i think so when you say the running game's working is that more of a uh offensive line problem at that point are you guys having issues kind of making the holes or what do you what are you thinking there i just think uh offensive play calls in general have seemed to be really conservative and sort of confusing this year you know there's like a lot of like third and eights and Kirk Cousins throws like a four yard pass. I'm like, why are you doing that? We got eight yards to go. You know, just so, some of these calls that are confusing to me. I think like they try to rely on the run game because we have Cook, but then Cook's been in and out and injured. And there are some strong players downfield that they can throw to with Jefferson, but Jefferson was barely targeted last night either. Um, and Thielen seems to only be an end zone guy as far as Kirk Cousins is concerned. So I don't really, I don't know. I feel like we have a lot of offensive talent. I feel like it might just be a play calling issue that's coming into play. Interesting. Well, I know, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, possibly a good thing for the Vikings, I know the Ravens have been letting up uh, huge amounts of yardage and touchdowns uh, to opposing teams this year. I mean, this is a defense that let Carson Wentz throw for over 400 yards. You know, he hasn't been good since 2016, 2017. <laughs> so if there's any an opportunity this week, I think, for the Vikings to, to bounce back and kind of establish that passing game with Jefferson and, and Thielen and some of those other guys, I think this would be the week. Hopefully. We all know Kirk doesn't have a good record in primetime, so at least we got that out of our system. Yeah, I, and yeah, I kind of want to talk about Kirk Cousins a bit because he's – He's an interesting quarterback, in my opinion, because, like, you know, he puts up big numbers, but like you said, he doesn't have the best record in prime time. And um, there always seems to be questions about him from the media. It's just like, are the Vikings going to find someone different? Um, or at least maybe that's just how what I've seen. From a Vikings fan perspective, like, what what's the fan base's confidence in Kirk Cousins? Like, is this a guy that every week he's out there and you're just like, yeah, he's got the chance to get this team to win, or is it, you know, kind of like you're just not sure what you're going to get every week and holding your breath a little bit? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a roll of the dice. I mean, obviously, Kirk Cousins was nice to have after coming off some of like some inconsistent quarterbacks in the early 2010s sort of era for the Vikings. Um, so at least he's been consistent over the past few years, but I don't know if he's necessarily been consistent game to game, if that makes sense. Like at least we have someone who's fine, who we can sort of rely on to be out there every week, but what he does week to week sort of does feel like a little bit of a crapshoot with how's it going to go today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do think he's just such an interesting variable going against this Raven secondary. It's like Chris just said, you know, this secondary gave up a career game to Carson Wentz of all quarterbacks. And it's just like, Kirk Cousins, are they going to be able... I could see them stopping him, and he could get, like, 
120 yards and three turnovers, or he could have 400 yards. It's, it just feels like any and all of those uh, those swings are on the table there in, in this game. But yeah, that, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Cousins and, and Jefferson against against uh, what should hopefully be a, a tweaked up uh, defensive scheme for the Ravens coming off the bye. Yeah, it's a big moment for the Ravens to prove that they uh, can kind of do what we've been talking about and play a little bit more fundamental, less hero ball, because these are the kind of playmakers where uh, the ball gets in their hands and you give them a good opportunity. They'll make the most of it. You know, you're just looking at three extremely electric players and, and other components that aren't too shabby either that just, you know, scream problems. Uh, you know, you can, you can see Jefferson just becoming a, a machine over the middle and just ravaging us like i i can see it now and i don't want to see it right you know it's uh it's it's one of those things and, and you can see cook just like rumbling down you know you miss one tackle and he has that getaway speed too uh and and he's kind of one of those players you know once he gets going good luck stopping him so yeah i, I just i think there's a lot to be concerned about with the way the ravens have been playing uh and this is the exact kind of team they can't do that against so it's a really good statement game for them to be able to say okay like this is what we were working on all bye week, right? This is a really great opponent for the Ravens to go against after the bye. Not from like a, a cupcake win perspective. It won't be that at all. But from a just, uh, they're, they're going to be a really good challenge. I hope so. I mean, it would be great. I feel like the Vikings also need to sort of use this game as a launching point to sort of continue that trajectory forward because we had won three out of the last four until last night. And so that was, you know, sort of really hopeful after a rough start to the season. So hopefully they can use this game to sort of get back on track towards the winning streak. I think one thing to be looking at this game is uh, the offensive line for the Vikings. I saw that they've only let up 10 sacks all year, which is quite interesting to me um, because I know that they did make some investments to the offensive line in the draft. I feel like the Ravens have been struggling to get home on quarterbacks, and it doesn't seem like this will be a, a matchup for them to easily correct on. So, yeah, I know that you guys added Christian Darisol in the first round. Um, are any of the other additions uh, or are any of the other starters new additions to the team? I think we got we got a guard in one of the later draft picks, I think, this year. I know that they've been working on offensive line because for quite a few years, including our big sort of playoff Super Bowl contention year, our offensive line seemed to be sort of the major issue that stopped us from winning games that we could have. And so I think there's been a lot of investing in the offensive line lately um, to try to improve that issue, especially because Kirk is not the fastest quarterback. He's got a good arm and can target pretty well, but like if he has to run, it's usually not, it's not like Lamar, right? <laughs> so I think investing in the offensive line, especially with Kirk as the uh, quarterback is probably a wise move. So you're saying if fans watching the stadium get confused, which purple team is which, just look at, <laughs> just look at how fast the quarterback is and you'll yes. be able to tell quickly. <laughs> exactly. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you're right. And uh, the third round, they picked up uh, Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State. He's not currently in the starting lineup I'm seeing, but uh, definitely a depth piece. Yeah, from the Ravens' side, I think uh, I think this is going to be a big challenge uh, for the Ravens' defensive line. Certainly, I mean, we talked about last episode being able to get Derek Wolf back. If he's able to play this game, I think will be huge. I think he'll definitely be able to help out uh, a guy like Odafe Owe, who uh, had a really strong first couple of games, and I think he's played very, pretty well. But as far as uh, actually getting sacks on the stat sheet, 
those haven't come uh, as often in the last couple of weeks. So adding another piece on that, I think will kind of help, at least on the pass rush side. And then for, you know, for a guy like Cook, I think the Ravens are going to have to continue to play really strong uh, run defense and adding him into that mix will definitely be really helpful. I think one other uh, player that's kind of come onto the scene this year, and I'd be interested to know what you think is uh, KJ Osborne. Uh, I think, you know, we're seeing more teams going into 11 personnel uh, using a third wide receiver. And I'm wondering with you guys um, how Osborne's been playing and what kind of routes he likes to run or like what what parts of the field does he normally uh, work in? I know Osborne has been targeted a lot considering how many people we have downfield, but he did catch the game winning touchdown overtime against the Panthers, which I think was week six. So that was sort of an excited breakout moment for him. He's had a lot of good catches and a lot of yards, but that was sort of a big moment as far as helping us get the W on that week. Yeah. That's awesome to be uh, given the ball in a, in a trusted situation like that. So that's how, you know, like he'll be involved and uh, a key player to watch out for. Yeah, Osborne's really come out of nowhere. I'm, I don't think anyone outside of Minnesota Vikings fans knew who he was going into the season. But yeah, part of, uh, from my understanding, his expanded role in the offense was due to um, the Vikings are expecting to have a big year uh, for Herb Smith, but um, he went down with an injury before the season started, was out for the year. So even though Osborne's not at tight end, he's kind of taken over as the third receiving option. But for as far as the tight end's concerned, Tyler Conklin has taken over that role, and he's actually had a, a decent year here, uh, 27 catches on 37 targets for one touchdown. Yeah, he's a th- guy I think that we do need to watch out for, for the Ravens, because the tight end position continues to give the Ravens issues, as we saw last week with Uzuma catching two touchdowns. This is a dangerous spot here where Conklin could have uh, a big game. Allison, what has your uh, impressions been of uh, Conklin so far this year? I think it's hard because I genuinely feel like the Vikings have so much talent, like receiving, right, receiving talent. And it's just sort of like, I'm, I would love to get into like Zimmer or Cousins' head to know how they make play calls, right? Because sometimes it feels like they're sort of dancing around between all of them. And sometimes it feels like, there's like one person or one strategy being targeted per game. And I'm sure that has to do with them studying their opponent as well. Right. But I feel like Conklin has sort of risen to expectations, especially with the loss of Smith really early on. But yeah, I think he's great. And like, I remember that touchdown pass and being like, nice, he's showing up. Right. And that's exciting. Um, especially when he's coming in to replace someone on injury. But yeah, I think he sort of fits in the mix um with our offensive players i also know you all got ngakwe from us last year i don't know if he's on your starting defensive squad but nah he's he's out in <laughs> oakland he uh he, he left really... oh i stopped tracking him <laughs> vegas. <laughs> vegas oh that's right he's not even in oakland he's another team <laughs> yeah i no, stopped I... tracking yeah. him once he bailed on us but <laughs> yeah he wasn't really much of a fit right which is interesting, though, because he's doing really well for the Raiders this year, but just was really a a non-factor for the Ravens last year. Interesting how certain players fit some places and don't others. Yeah, I guess if we uh, flip to the defensive side of the ball, despite not having Yannick Ngakwe anymore, you guys have 24 sacks and lead the league uh, in sacks per game and just overall sacks. So 
uh, pretty remarkable and definitely uh, a scary statistic to look at when the Ravens are down, uh, their tackle situation is worse than ever. Um, <laughs> progressively is getting worse. It was already not great. Uh, so it's, it's worse than ever. And we've added some other injuries along the offensive line that makes uh, it just seem, you know, it's not as uh, deep and strong as a group as it once was. So um, it will definitely be a big challenge for the Ravens in this game to maintain good pockets for Lamar and uh, keep him clean. When you look at how they're generating pressure, uh, most of the sacks are coming from their defensive ends, uh, Danielle Hunter and uh, Everson Griffin, uh, with six and five sacks respectively, and uh, and then a little bit from their linebackers. And of course, uh, Michael Pierce. Ravens fans will remember Michael Pierce. He already has two sacks this year for them. Well, Hunter just got called out for the season, though. He's got some sort of like torn pec muscle. They just oh, that's announced right. That that's today. right. Yeah, 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 I saw that he went down over the weekend. I didn't realize that was a season ender. Damn, he was off to a good start, too. Good news for you guys, though. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose so. (laughs) Well, it also looks like uh, Michael Pierce is out uh, for the time being, too. Looks like he's only played three games so far this season. Hasn't played since October 3rd against Cleveland. Um, So that's another injury on the Vikings defensive front. Yeah, that's interesting. Their defense in general is having a lot of issues because we also looked at... uh, Patrick Peterson's hurt. So yeah, there's a, a lot of injuries that they're sustaining on their defensive side. And West Westbrook has been, I know questionable. I, I don't think he played last night. Yeah. It's always difficult when we do these Monday shows to know like who's going to be available. Who's not as injury reports kind of go throughout the week. So it's always something to keep an eye on, but uh, just, I mean, in general, uh, that's a big pivot for them to have to figure out what to do about Hunter. So it might be a good game to catch the Vikings off guard, so to speak, because they're, they're, they're adjusting their team to that uh, big loss. Big Al just let out a, a sigh of relief. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Go up against Hunter. <laughs> I just don't even know if Hunter would have gone on the left or the or the right side, but I mean, still. <laughs> just Or unnamed we, right we tackle. Got, we don't have McCarry. We don't, we're not going to have McCarry for this game, so, you know. Yeah, unnamed right tackle. Exactly. Just, <laughs> just take him out. We'll, we're happy with that. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. What other uh, standout players that are still standing, so to speak, uh, are on the defensive side? Well, Eric Kendricks is a name I feel like I've heard before, as yeah, well I as mean, Harrison Smith. They're, their guys have been around a bit, right? He was selected in the second round, 45th pick overall in 2015 from UCLA. Uh, born, oh my gosh, this is a fun fact. Fun fact. Do-do-do-do-do. Fun fact. Eric Hendricks, born February 29th, 1992. The fact that they call him 29 feels like a lie. Wait, he's only had like seven birthdays or something. That nerd has had no birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Leap day guy. That's where he gets his special talents from. But yeah, I mean, I think you look at Kendricks and Smith, uh, they're going to be the, the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball for Minnesota. The Ravens are going to have to uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually going to say um, for the Ravens, I'd definitely be worried about Kendricks and Anthony Barr as well, um, the two linebackers that they have over on the Vikings side. Uh, both those guys are pretty good players and have been for a few years. So I would um, I would definitely watch out for them. Obviously, in the run game, I think they're going to have a, a good effect on that. So if the Ravens kind of don't figure things out, you know, those are kind of the guys that will be able to fill those holes and. And shut the run game down. But also, I would be worried about them a little bit in terms of uh, kind of like a pass rush or, you know, if they want to spy Lamar or something in the middle of the field. 
I think they have the the size and they have the speed to be able to kind of uh, match up with them well. So I think it's going to be up to the Ravens to kind of draw out whatever passing concepts they need to be able to take advantage of them and in man coverage if they can to kind of get them out of there and clear them out to have their offense have some success. Yeah, yet another good matchup for the Ravens to have to overcome in this game. They'll have to figure out a way uh, to either get the running game going or get those linebackers out of position. Again, maybe with the short passing game, uh, maybe with some RPOs, they'll be able to uh, keep them guessing and get them out of position because you're right that just in general, their their front seven is uh, really solid. I think what led to them being uh, the seventh ranked defense overall. And yeah, they're expected uh, against the passes ranked third. Believe it or not, their, their running expectation is 31st. But with that line, it kind of surprises me. That is surprising. Interesting. I did notice that it seemed like the Cowboys were having some success uh, targeting the middle of the field against the Vikings. And I think that's a really interesting place to get them so to speak because that is like what we were saying with the linebackers right there the Cowboys are actually a really interesting team to kind of parallel with obviously Dak was out last night but they have a lot of wide receivers too to keep account of I believe Gallup was back in the lineup and uh, obviously CD Lamb and Amari Cooper are there I don't say our wide receivers are quite at that level yet but they're they're pretty darn close and it seemed like they were having success kind of spreading them out and then having uh, Zeke or Pollard really just uh you know, get to that second level. Zeke actually had a pretty darn good game for what I could tell. Cooper Rush was just throwing like daggers down the field, like sh- like not mid mid length passes, right? Like 10 yard passes that he would just like no arc on him. He was just like launching them with great success to all his receivers. So that's what I took away from that. I was like, this guy just throws bullets. Like it was like no Hail Marys <laughs> and like not a lot of passing or like handing off just a ton of like bullets straight down the center. Like you were saying, I like, is what I picked up on sort of his quarterbacking strategy that we did not respond to super well, clearly. There you go. It's feeding right into what Alec wants the Ravens to do. It's true. (laughs) Plus, I just think, I think the Vikings are just a little like messy. I don't know. I feel like we were saying they're, they're a really good team for having such a garbage record, right? Like I feel like we have so much potential and so much talent and it's just sort of messy. Like the way that last night we lost is we called, two timeouts in a row and then got a delay of game call yeah, I saw that. that got them a penalty, which then scored the, which resulted in the game winning touchdown. So it's like, why, why are mistakes like that happening from like a coaching or player perspective where we really should have, they were, I think the Cowboys were at like third and 16 or 14 or something. And we really should have had the chance to just get the ball back and run the clock out. Um, but it's like those little mistakes that I feel like add up on us as a team that result in these, you know, like overtimes or missed kicks or like these really close, unfortunate losses because of just sloppy little errors. Hopefully we can like tighten them up a little bit as the season goes on because I feel like it's needed. Yeah, it's definitely something you don't see too often with a coach uh, calling two timeouts in a row like that and, you know, intentionally kind of causing a team to to take a penalty in that situation. It makes me question a little bit, Zimmer. I mean, I know overall he's a really good coach. I know Ravens fans are pretty familiar with him uh, being the uh, defensive coordinator for Cincinnati for such a long time, especially in those years that the Ravens didn't seem to do so well against the Bengals. But yeah, that's just a, a real head scratcher, in my opinion. Allison, it's a good time maybe to ask, I guess. Like, what are your thoughts on Zimmer overall? Like, time the timeouts aside, kind of like the whole sort of time that Zimmer's been here. Like, 
what, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on him overall and, and kind of like how he approaches the you know game planning in game uh communication things like that um i think at least okay so zimmer took over a while ago right seven years or something like that a long yeah time. he's 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 been there for quite a few years. I don't remember the exact year he left Cincinnati, but. Yeah. So I would say sort of when Zimmer came on is when I started paying more attention to the specifics of football. And I know that like at the time he seemed like a nice, consistent person to have sort of leading the charge, especially with inconsistent quarterbacks for a few years and injuries with like Teddy Bridgewater and all that going on. Um, And so I think he brought that sort of level of consistency that was really nice. And I know that I feel like we're sort of feeling the loss of Stefanski because I feel like they were a really good team um, to make sort of an impact in the offensive realm, I guess. But I think my husband keeps being like Zimmer's on edge. Zimmer, it's Zimmer's last season. Da, da, da. And like, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not um, what it looks like for him, but I feel like I have appreciated Zimmer for, many seasons I just feel like now we're a team with too much talent that doesn't seem to be capitalized on and obviously I'm not there so I don't know who what play calls are resulting in that right but I feel like there's so much potential and there's got to be a way to sort of just like break through this wall that we're building for ourselves honestly um, because I do feel like we have the pieces there yeah, interestingly enough, uh, offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak, son of Gary, uh, is uh, the offensive coordinator over there. It's really interesting. Lots of Ravens connections. I mean, yeah. Stefanski obviously went over to the Browns and had an amazing first season with them. You know, I mean, they've been uh, they've been quite a quite a good team, and the talent that they've acquired as well have kind of been really great. Yeah, I see what you mean, though. Of just yeah, it's it's kind of like in a weird position where you're you know clearly. There, there are a lot of pieces on this Vikings team that have been there for, for a few years. Some of them have been back to, you know, going back to the uh, divisional game and the championship game that you guys were in uh, a few years ago. I mean, there's, there's a good core of players there, but yeah, just trying to figure out like how do you consistently stay in the playoff contention to be a good team when you have so much turnover, not just from a player perspective, but from a coaching perspective too. It's, it's pretty difficult. I mean, I guess the the great thing, I guess, you know, for your position, Allison, is just that, you know, three and four, like it's not, that's not too bad. Like there, it's it's not like a death sentence. Definitely can be turned around, uh, especially with a lot of the good things that we talked about in, in terms of like, uh, you know, the offense is still statistically pretty good. Uh, defense seems to be generating a lot of pressure. Um, you just need to clean up a few things to, to really kind of put it all together. Yeah, it's not a lack of talent. It's just about something has to click, I think, for the remainder of the season. But we have a pretty hard schedule coming up the next few weeks. And so I'm hopeful that it'll be motivating instead of demotivating, right, to sort of push us towards more success. Because we've got Ravens, um, Packers, and there's another tricky game coming up for us in the next few weeks that I think we're going to really need to sort of turn it on and try to make those improvements, like you were saying, to be more successful and have more wins that's the goal <laughs> so let's get to a part of the show where we uh put out our bold predictions and score predictions like i've been saying in this episode this is a really interesting game with both with you know where both these teams are as far as the season is and just 
and kind of where their weaknesses are as well. I think, you know, this, this game could turn into a shootout. It could also turn into, you know, a, a bit of a defensive struggle depending, but you know, a big a key player coming back, we talked about it uh, on the previous episode uh, is Derek Wolf for the Ravens. And we're hoping that'll bring some better cohesion to the Ravens defensive line, add another guy in there to get more of a rotation in there, get, get some rest for, for Campbell Williams, Matt Abuke. I think this will be tough, but I'm going to say that the Ravens will hold the Vikings running game, Cook and Madison, to under 100 yards combined. Um, I'll throw in whatever other Vikings players are running in there as well. Uh, and then as far as the score prediction, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think the Ravens will force the Vikings to throw, and it'll be hard for Ravens to contain Justin Jefferson. But I think also, like we're talking about, the Ravens have got a lot of receiving options that you know can stretch the middle of the field, uh, just like the Cowboys did. Uh, so I'm going to say the Ravens win a tight one, 27-24. So I'm going to go ahead and, and do a kind of a game flow prediction and then a, uh, a also like statistical prediction. Game flow-wise, I'm going to predict that the Ravens do uh, use a hurry-up style offense in some situations that do not normally call for hurry-up. Um, this includes, uh, you know, not obviously like not a two minute drill, but like just trying to keep a defensive package they like on the field by, uh, you know, hurrying it up. And I think the way that they do that is that they're going to run out of more like 11 personnel and we're going to see a short passing game with over 35 attempts by Lamar passing and not in a catch up way, but in like a, uh, this is the identity they want to go for. Or I'm going to just wish it into existence. Uh, <laughs> And then from a score prediction, Peter, I think that you're pretty darn close uh, to what I'm thinking here as well. I'm going to go a little bit higher scoring affair and say 31 to 27. Oh, 31 to 27 Ravens. I'm, I'll, I'll specify. All right. Well, I'll throw in my predictions as well. So uh, I feel like I've I give this prediction before. I'm going to double down on this. Um, I'm going to say that uh, this will be a big game for uh, Bateman and Duvernay. I really like them as their third and fourth option um, against this defense. I feel like, uh, you know, if you look at a guy like Harrison Smith, I think he'd probably be used as a way to kind of focus in on either Mark Andrews or Hollywood Brown. And so, um, you know, I like the the matchups of these uh, third and fourth guys against the some of the slot corners that the Vikings are going to throw out. So I'm going to say that they... Uh, you know, a combination, I guess I'll say those two guys, if I could throw in Prochet, I'll say that too, but I'll say that they combined for over 100 yards and uh, a touchdown. And as far as score prediction, I really don't know. Like, I, I like the Ravens in this game just because it's after the bye. They had a a pretty emotional letdown, I think, against the Bengals. I don't, I don't really think that they'll I don't think that they'll let up another game this easily. So I do think that they're going to win. I just, I don't know what the score is going to be like. So I, I guess I'm just going to throw out maybe a lower scoring affair. I'll go like uh, just 24, 21 Ravens. Am I allowed to say the Ravens? Cause you've caught me in a bat. I'm real dejected after yesterday. I'm just like, <laughs> can you tell I'm really down on my team? I do feel like though, like you were saying, Chris, like the Ravens are coming off of a bye and a tough loss. And the Vikings are also coming off of a tough loss, but they also have a short week. So I feel like some of the variables, might, and it was a loss at home, and now we're away. Like I feel like some of the variables uh, might be stacked against us. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope. Um, okay, 
I don't know how bold this is, but I am sort of hoping, I guess, that Zimmer will start to target uh, Jefferson and maybe even, or I guess Kirk will start to target Jefferson or Conklin a little bit more heavily because I feel like Cook just coming off his injury, um, they seem to be leaning away from that a little bit. And I feel like Thielen's been the end zone guy all season. And I feel like teams might start to pick up on that, especially when we're in the red zone because he tends to be the touchdown guy. So my hope is that there's more targets to Jefferson because he didn't get a lot at all and has some explosive talent that could be capitalized on. And like we were saying earlier, Conklin has got some skills, so hopefully we can utilize those as well. As far as score, I'm going to keep it real close because we're real good at real close. Um, <laughs> Let's go 2021, but I'm going to, I'm going to say the Vikings, even though my head doesn't really agree with that choice, but my heart does. And in my pick em pool, I pick the Vikings every week, even if it's for like the lowest confidence points ever. So this is a low confidence points Vikings pick because I'm pretty sure my brother would never forgive me if I say I thought the Ravens were going to win. But I, I will be so pleasantly pleased if the Vikings can sort of pull up pull their talent together this week it's a week-to-week league literally anything can happen and you guys are good enough to pull it off i mean we literally saw the jets with a backup quarterback when everyone thought they were dead to rights beat the team that was on top of the afc (laughs) on on the unstoppable Bengals. you know (laughs) so you know i mean anything can happen in the nfl it's one of the funnest leagues for that reason yeah, and it's going to be fun for me no matter what because I love Baltimore as a city and I'm excited to sort of show my brother around Baltimore um, as an entity, right? And then we sort of get to immerse in both our like fanhood and just sort of what's been the city that's been a major part of my life for the last decade. So I think it's going to be a fun weekend regardless of outcome, but I would love for the Vikings to win. But like I said, I'll bring I'll bring duct tape and we can just cover up <laughs> the, <laughs> the logos. <laughs> you'll be wearing purple you'll blend right in <laughs> exactly we'll never know i wonder if we're still welcome on the mother's purple patio <laughs> <laughs> like you said lot to be more specific about what what shade of purple it is <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to get into really specific royal versus whatever else i'm sure if you give them money they'll let you on <laughs> <laughs> minnesota dollars are just as good yeah <laughs> All right, Allison, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. Break down this game. I think the overall vibe is is pretty clear. I think both of these teams have uh, a lot to prove in this game. The Vikings really looking for a win because they just haven't been able to muster them in these situations. And the Ravens looking to bounce back after an exposing loss to the Bengals before the bye. So lots to look forward to. Big game coming up ahead. If anyone's out there is going to the game, make sure to make some noise. I guess for either team, whatever team it is, you know, <laughs> make it a good game environment, make it a lot of fun. And uh, definitely looking forward to breaking it down next week. And then we have a short week. Watch out, guys. Short week going Thursday Night Football against the Dolphins next. So uh, we'll have some rapid fire content coming out next week, uh, looking ahead to the Thursday game. So we'll see you then. Go Ravens. <laughs>